And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. All right, ladies and gentlemen, as you can see from the other bump shots, just arrived here in the studio, a new geeky tiki. We've been talking for a while that uh, we needed to have a, uh, a ranker in the ranker pit, so now we do. Hello, everyone, and welcome. We are live from the bunker. Jason Hunt here. I am the editor and chief raconteur here at Sci-Fi for Me. I also make the coffee and take out the trash. Welcome. The phone number, if you want to be a part of the program, TK421. The uh, comments and live chat are open. If you are here live, I see RJ in the chat from Critical Blast Publishing. Welcome, and uh, thanks for being here. And if uh, you are not live, you can still leave a comment, or uh, anybody can send us an email, live from the bunker at sci fi for mecom and leave us your comments. Ahoy, Matuain. Hello, Sci-Fi Snob. Uh, Sci-Fi Snob was a guest on this program yesterday. It was a very good conversation, so uh, you can check that out. If you prefer to get your programs in audio form as podcasts, this program is available on what we call the Sci-Fi for Me Radio Network, iHeart, Amazon Music, or Amazon Podcasts, I guess, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Double Twist, Stitcher, TuneIn, Pocket Casts. So you can find us there in the various different places. This show and the H2O Podcast are both available in podcast form you can download and listen to. I do want to uh, say a note of thanks to the Science Fiction Book Club of London. They gave us a tip in our PayPal tip jar. You can find that link there. Thank you for that. We always appreciate that kind of support. And uh, we do have an account over at Subscribestar as well, subscribestar.com slash sci-fi for me, if you want to support us in a fiduciary way. And if you have material that you would like us to review, uh, if you've got a physical copy, you can send us uh, that through the mail, 1503 Main Street, number 305, Grandview, Missouri, 64030, and we will add that to the queue and get going on that. And uh, we we mentioned the tip jar, we mentioned the subscribe star, we've got all the social media Um, and we also have a newsletter. We'd like to encourage everyone to sign up for that because on the off chance that at some point any of our accounts get nuked, we'll still have the newsletter. And I'm not sure that it will ever happen, but it might because 2021, this is where we are. Uh, no guests today, which means I get to rant a little bit about some stuff that happened yesterday, and I'll get to that in a moment. We are in the process of working up mugs for people to purchase. Uh, you'll notice that I have two different different types here. Uh, both of these will be available soon. They've got our logo on the front, and they've got the, the planet on the back. We have a right-handed version and a left-handed version. So uh, those will be available soon. We're, fi- we're, we're figuring out our storefront-type logistics and fulfillment at this point. All of that prepping up for March when we launch our Indiegogo campaign for the print edition of Sci-Fi for Me. It's going to look a little bit like Starlog is uh, what we're going for here as our template So we'll have more information on that as we get closer to it. Among those things that we're talking about for perks on that, I got into a good conversation yesterday and this morning regarding challenge coins. And I don't know if 
it's worth the effort. I don't know if it's uh, if it's something that we need to look into, but it, there is a possibility there. We're because we want to we want to deliver something of value, and we think you know the print the print edition, the magazine itself would have value. But you know to add to it to give you a little bit of extra, we have the mugs that are coming available, but we want to do some other things. So we're thinking about you know a patch, an embroidered patch, or uh, a challenge challenge coin or some kind of a pin or you know some some other stuff that can go along with it so yeah we'll see i don't know the the more i'm the more i'm talking to people about a challenge coin the more i'm warming up to it but it's not cheap so we'll see i don't know we're we're looking into that so okay so the reason i say that our accounts could eventually at some point get nuked we got caught up in a block bot drama yesterday. It started here with Tugs, who is a member of the Fandom Menace. She's a contributor over at Geeks and Gamers. I think she's part of their Park Hoppin' show. Uh, she's based out of Vegas. And she posts on Twitter, Raise your hand if you're blocked by Justina Ireland despite never having interacted with her. And I, and I went and double-checked, and yes, lo and behold, we are blocked by Justina Ireland, even though we've never interacted with her. And we'll get to who she is in a moment. Well, let's. I guess we should start there. Because I looked into this, and I was like, well, why would Justina Ireland be, be blocking us? And then you have to, to go back a little bit for the drama that preceded all of this. And it started, as far as I can tell, with these tweets on, on Twitter. Justina Ireland, who is she? She is the author of a, uh, a Star Wars High Republic book. And it is um, the children's book. She's the author of the children's book. Okay, Test of Courage is the book that she's writing for the High Republic. Now she's written some books for in the Star Wars, uh, in the Star Wars uh, universe before. This one is the new one that's coming out. It's a hardback kids book. And okay, she's a Star Wars author. She's written some other stuff, but this is what she's known for at this point. Over at Ichibaka's blog, Disney Star Wars is dumb. Now, Ichi and I do not agree on every single thing. We are not, you know, the, the fandom menace or the, the people that are not fans of, of The Last Jedi, people who are not fans of Kathleen Kennedy, this is not a monolith. There are things that I don't like. There are things that I like. And, and everybody is this way to a certain degree. And Ichibaka is a little bit more on the... Disney Star Wars is dumb uh, 100% of the time uh, crowd, uh, I think. And this is, this is a general impression, and I don't have anything against Itchy. And his his reporting, for the most part, is fairly solid. He, he researches his subject fairly well. And a lot of this is just pulling screenshots of what these people actually say. He's not, he's not reinterpreting any of this. This is their actual words. Justina Ireland pulls a Kelly, du a Kelly Sue DeConnick. The problem, quote, the problem is if you don't like my politics and my beliefs and my moral compass, you aren't going to like my book. So let's just go ahead and save everyone some time. That was the beginning of it. If you don't like my politics, don't buy my books. That's what Kelly Sue DeConnick said. And people took her up on it. And now Kelly Sue DeConnick doesn't have a book that she's writing. Justina Ireland continues because she got a little bit of blowback. Um, and doubles down on her comments uh, about race. And... It is one of those things where she starts 
she opens the floodgates. And all of this hatred, anti-Trump rhetoric or whatnot, okay, fine. But then she doubles down on men. And then, because of all of this, she blocks everybody that's been following this. Now, this is where we get caught up in it. So I added her name to a list that I keep. I write down I write down the names of different accounts that block us on Twitter for grins and giggles. I like to laugh at these people. This is almost like this is a no prize award. This is like the Razzies, you know? You like to laugh at at what's going on. I will I will find somebody who's blocked us. And now I don't actively search for this. I come across people who have blocked us for whatever reasons, because we follow somebody else. And I will gleefully announce to the room, we got another one. It's very much like uh, like Annie Potts' character in Ghostbusters when she hangs up the phone. She says, we got one! It's not a badge of honor. It's also not a hit list, which is which is where things start to get interesting because I posted this list. So I was like, oh, well, just add it to the list. This is a gag for me, folks. And not, I don't know, not very much later, people are starting to, dude, that looks like, that looks like a school, they were getting some school shooter vibes off of that. Okay, that's cute. You do you. But I go through and I look at the responses that are in that vein, and I look at the people who are responding in that vein, and they are all of a piece. They are all on a certain particular ideological ramp. They are all a certain type of person. Basing, you know, their their tweets are all similar. Their social media presence, uh, they all look like they belong to the same family. And the people that are on this list have certain things in common themselves. One, for the mo- for, for to begin with, they have all blocked us because we follow someone else. They have employed a block bot algorithm to block all of us who follow a particular account or a, a, a group of accounts. I don't know who it is. You know, it could be uh, Richard Meyer's account, Diversity in Comics, which doesn't exist anymore. It could be Ethan's account. It could be Ichibaka. It could be, who knows? CNN. I mean, you could do a block bot based on anything. So all of these people have blocked us without any interaction, without ever knowing who we are, which, to me, says a whole lot more about them than it does about us. Now, studies have come out that shows that people who are on the left, people who are of the progressive ideology, are much more likely to sever ties with people who don't agree with them. This is, this is research. This is not just me spewing hyperbole here. Studies have shown this. All of these people have done that. The other thing they all have in common is their hatred for a certain particular president. Okay? I'm not following you for your politics. I'm following you because, or I'm trying, attempting to follow you because you are involved in the industry which my media company covers. Whether that's Hollywood or comic books or video games or literature, television, film, whatever. We follow a number of people in the industry and not all of them are people we agree with and a, and a great deal of them are not agreeable. 
The other thing that these people all have in common is that they are emotionally constipated. Let me say that again. These people here and others like them who employ block bots, who block or mute or unfollow or whatever, simply because they don't like what you say, they are not contributing to a solution. And I say emotionally constipated, I mean that. Mentally and emotionally, these people, whether it's Dan Slott or Heather Antos or whoever, Justina Ireland is just the latest example of this, they clearly demonstrate a lack of maturity when it comes to people that don't agree with them. Snob is right. It's much easier to let the bot do your thinking for you. Yes. <clears throat> Matuine, why can't these authors just stay in their lane and focus on writing good sci-fi? They're too divisive. Well, the premise of your question includes the assumption that they're writing good sci-fi. But for Justina Ireland to double down and say that white men, for example, are bad, or, you know, racism, Justina Ireland is, is racist. Because if I say terrible, terrible, angry things about blacks, or if I say terrible, terrible, angry things about Jews, or if I say terrible, terrible, angry things about homosexuals, I am racist, bigoted. But these folks... Not spelled with an X, but these folks get away with this kind of thing all the time. And they're not taken to task for it. Now, Pablo Hidalgo recently had to issue an apology, so maybe somebody is starting to pay attention and realize that this is a bad way of doing business. But is it too little too late? And will Justina Ireland be asked, told, to issue an apology because in the blowback on her first round of tweets, she doubled down and said, look it, I don't care if you don't like what I had to say. If you're white, you don't matter anyway. How does, how, how, how do her fellow authors in the high Republic story group feel about those comments? How does Charles soul feel about it? Because he's white how does Kevin Scott feel about it? He's white. And now that Asians are white and not Asians, I guess that means that she's insulted Leland Chi as well. And pretty soon, how many will, you know, how many will believe that Hispanics are white as well? So Pablo Hidalgo will be in that list. This kind of behavior is akin to junior high, middle school, mean girl bitchiness. And I have every right, and I have a great deal of anticipation for the opportunity to make fun of these people. I choose not to for the most part because it's best not to engage. And for the record, do not contact or go after or, or target or brigade or whatever any of these people. It's not worth the time and the effort. And the amount of time and effort I spend on this is minuscule. This this is something that I've been doing for a long while. I mean, Will Wheaton's on this list. He hasn't been on Twitter for, what, a couple of years? This is completely random stuff, this list. It is not a hit list. It is not a school shootings list. But, I mean, my goodness, you were so close. You were so close to Godwin's Law on that. Why didn't you take the extra step? I mean, if you're going to go there, go all the way. Go full tilt. 
I, and then, true to the pattern, because this is a pattern, it is a demonstrated pattern, true to form, the keyboard warriors and the white knights come out, and then she's the victim. She's the victim. She's the target. How dare anybody criticize her for the racist things that she says? How dare anybody disagree with her, get irritated with her, get angry with her? Various degrees of response, I'm sure. It's stupid. It's absolutely stupid, asinine, immature, mean girl behavior. I mean, that's a, that's the best way that I can use to describe it. Mean girls. You know, you remember the movie Mean Girls? We're going to exclude you just simply because you're different. Because you don't agree with us. Because you don't fit in. I miss the days... I kind of, I kind of, I kind of miss the days. I kind of miss the days when we as science fiction fans, when we as fantasy fans, as genre fans, comic book readers, were the outsiders. It was a much smaller group. It was a much less public group, yes. And yes, we got picked on and we got bullied and we got denigrated and we got made fun of. But we knew where it was coming from. Now it's inside the room. Now it's inside our fandom. The people who used to make fun of us as fans are now within the fans. And that is a problem. Now I have said... And I made this point earlier on Monday on, on H2O Podcast. I have said, and I've made this, uh, this public declaration a number of times, and I still stick by it, that anybody who wants to be a part of our audience, if you enjoy what we do, you're welcome here. Conservative, liberal, libertarian, vegan, Green Party, communist, socialist, Fat, skinny, tall, short. Whatever. It doesn't matter. And as we were discussing this Monday, Tim, Tim was right to point out his follow-up, the corollary to this, is as long as you're civil, as long as you're polite, as long as you show a little bit of respect, you're fine. Everybody can get along. Nobody has to disagree, you know, nobody has to agree 100% of the time. Everybody's got their own opinions about things. We're not right 100% of the time. Much. 95% of the time, maybe. 96. I'm right when I say I'm right. Justina Ireland is not a victim. Justina Ireland is a provocateur because I have no doubt because of the history of social media, I have no doubt that Justina Ireland and people like her make these statements deliberately in order to provoke criticism so that then they can go back behind their blockchains and privacy locks and whatever and boo-hoo to their their sycophants and their peer groups and oh look how bad I have it and they clutch their pearls because people responded to her stupid things the way she was expecting them to and then she cries about it. Justine Ireland is not the first one to do this. She won't be the last. <laughs> Sci-Fi Snob says... You don't want to be right 100% of the time. It's a tough cross to bear. I, I can believe it. Um, yeah, it is. And it is. It's a way, you know, um, 
oh, what was, what was his name? David, David Bruges, David, David Burge. He had a thing, and I'd have to go back and look at it, uh, look, look to see if I could find it again. But he's basically got a really good, um, oh, I'd have to, I'd have to do a search. Uh, just to see, but he's basically, you know, find something that you can criticize, get involved in it, kill it, and then wear it like a skin. And he's talking in terms of fandoms and, and consumer movements and that sort of thing. And he's he's got it right. These people who have been on the outside, there we go, thank you, Critical Blast, find an institution, kill it, gut it, wear it skin like a suit, and demand the respect for the institution. Yeah. Hey guys, what are you doing? What's this D&D thing? Can I play? Sure, okay. I don't like how this is doing this because it makes me feel bad. Can we change it? Well, no, these are the rules. How dare you insult me? That's how it starts. That's how it starts. They get involved with peripheral knowledge... And some of them may know a little bit more about it than, than most, and that's fine. I would much rather have people creating in the industry who understand the history of the industry. If you're going, you know, if you're a newbie, you're playing D&D, okay, fine. But you learn the rules. You don't try to change the rules the first day that you're playing the game. Simply because you don't like the way the game's played. If you have an interest in the game... Learn how the game is played. If you have an interest in a particular business, whether it's creative or industrial or manufacturing or whatever, you learn how it's done. Because for the most part, for a lot of industries, there are, there are ways that it's done because that's the best way that people have found to do it. There are other industries where there's always room for improvement. There's always room to do something different. We're seeing that now in the comics industry because, because the indie comics scene, whether it's Comicsgate or not, but independent comics, both on Indiegogo and, and Kickstarter, are doing gangbusters. To the tune of about twenty-five or twenty-six million dollars in one year alone, and and they haven't been at it that long, a couple of years maybe. I mean, there have been a few, but it's just really ramped up in the last couple of years. And there's no rule on how to make a comic book. There's no rule on the best way to make a graphic novel and people are still figuring out fulfillment and how to how to run campaigns and how to how to complete campaigns and promote campaigns and that sort of thing. So there's no one best way on that yet. But for traditional publishing, there's a process and there's a type of story that does better than the others. Now, you go into the High Republic. I post, uh, posted a review of the first one, Light of the Jedi by Charles Soule. They made the first eight chapters public that anybody could read them, and I read them. Boring as all get out. I'm not emotionally invested in any of the characters. I don't care. This story doesn't engage me. And I imagine that a number of the High Republic stories are going to do that very same thing. Remember the whiteboard, where diversity was on there twice along with dinosaurs. There are people who are involved in these books who have never read any of the other books. This is a problem. If you're going to create Star Wars, if you're going to write in the Star Wars universe then you should probably at least have a peripheral understanding of what Star Wars is. Or Doctor Who, or Star Trek, or any of the others. 
And politics should not have anything to do with that. I look at some of the criticism of Star Trek Discovery from both right and left, and they're hitting on the same problems. It's bad writing. They're terrible stories. Badly acted. No logic inside the stories. That doesn't make any sense. Why would they do that? Why did they do that? That doesn't, that doesn't track. That's not how you. That's not how you tell a, a, a story and expect success. But I don't think these people expect success. I don't think success is their goal. I don't think that they measure success in the same way as people with a little bit of common sense. Because these same people are against capitalism, for the most part. So what? What? value is there to selling a product it's not about that it's about the message victim mentality how dare you oppress me how dare you insult me when I provoke you I don't know I just I get irritated because this thing happens over and over and over again and and nobody gets their pound of flesh for this. Is Pablo Hidalgo the sacrificial lamb? Here, let we'll we'll let you have him. Just leave everybody else alone. Is that how this is going to work? Who's next? Who comes after Justina Ireland? Who's the next one to come out and say, I hate fill-in-the-blank, and how dare you attack me for saying I hate fill-in-the-blank? RJ's got a point. The success is not in selling the product, it's in steering the product, changing the product. And if you don't like it, go make your own. Oh, wait. You're not allowed to. We'll deplatform you. Go make your own series of books. That's what Comicsgate did, and they're over there on Indiegogo, and how dare they do it. And Dynamite, you're not allowed to do business with them. Go make your own social media. So they did. We saw how that worked out. It's not over yet, by a long shot. Ultimately, the devil loses. And I'm not saying these people are evil. Some of them are. I'm not saying all of these people have deliberate ill intent. Some of them do. And it's not everybody on the left. I don't think it's a left and right thing. I think it's a power thing. And we've talked about this before. I've said this before. It's not about necessarily, it's not necessarily about political ideology. It's about power and control. I want to own what you have. And then I want to change it to be what I want it to be. It's about power. It's about exerting power. It's about gaining power. It's about keeping that power and not letting you have any of that power. And using that power to force you into doing things differently because it doesn't fit the narrative. Power and control. I get to tell you what to do. I get to tell you what to think. I get to tell you what you can read, what websites you can visit, what podcasts you can listen to, what TV shows you can watch, what movies you get to see. I have that power. I have that control. And it's not necessarily just politics, you know, Democrat, Republican, whatever. It's not, it's not that. It's culture. We're normalizing, there, there is an attempt to normalize behaviors that up until a few years ago were not considered normal. We're not considered mainstream. And now you have both elected officials in government and big corporate, corporate entities like big tech 
Apple, Amazon, Google, Facebook. It is a corporatocracy at this point where they are acting in concert to squash small business, competition, anybody that doesn't agree with them. It is echoes of Mussolini where big government and corporations are working together to destroy the country. Now, I don't know that it's gotten that far yet, but I think we're very close. That's why it's important for you to sign up for our newsletter, because who knows what could happen in a week, in a month, in a year. By the way, that does remind me completely off genre topics. There are a number of places where we're seeing calls for uh, armed rallies next week in various different places. Do not go to these things. Whatever your your personal feelings about the election or the president or whoever or whatever, what I will, don't do it. I have reasons for saying don't do it. Now I don't know anything internal. I don't know that anything's going to happen or anything like that. I'm just sitting here saying, do not go to these these rallies, these armed protest type of things, because it could go sideways pretty quick. Because you don't know who's organizing them. You don't know what the purpose is behind them. Just best to not put yourself in harm's way. Whatever happens. I don't I don't think that anybody should be resorting to violence on any of this stuff. I don't think that's the way to do it. I really don't. I don't I, and I don't I don't want anybody getting into trouble, causing trouble. So what? We like you all. <laughs> we like well, yeah, we do we do like everybody in our audience for the most part. Except for that one guy, you know who you are. No, I'm, I'm kidding. We, we do appreciate everybody that's being here, that everybody comes here. And, and I know that there are people that are in our audience that don't necessarily agree with me all the time. And there are people in our audience who don't agree with Tim all the time. And that's fine. We don't expect you to. And like I said on Monday night, it's very important that we have the dialogue in those cases where we have differences of opinion. And yet we can still come together and talk about the things what we like. RJ, that reminds me of a story of the guy who tried to rob a convenience store with a batleth at one time. Um, I don't think he got very far. Um, so anyway, I don't know. It's it's just one of those things where when when we get caught up in things that are not of our making and not of our choosing, I get a little irritated. But it's also an opportunity to comment and opine about the various different shenanigans that are going on. I don't hold out a whole lot of hope for High Republic. I really don't think that this is going to go very far. Um, you know, everybody keeps talking, well, it's sold out. It's sold out. Where? Show me the numbers. You know, I don't, I've seen photographs of various different bookstores where it's all still on the shelves. It's all anecdotal. You know, we don't know how many copies are being sold. And if it's anything like the comics industry, the only numbers that we have are stuff that's sold to the retail shops. We don't know what's actually being sold to customers. So is it a hit? Maybe. Is it selling a lot? Maybe. Does it have the longevity? That's the question. Does it have the staying power? Is it telling a good story? Is it telling a story that's worth your time and investment? So far, I'm not impressed. Uh, I haven't looked at any of the comic books yet, but I did see the, the, the 
still the the frame grab that was going around from Kevin Scott's comic book story over on Marvel's side of things where the Padawan uses her lightsaber to stop her fall by stabbing it into a tree and he goes, that's not how lightsabers work. And he got called out on it and he acknowledged. He said, okay, yep, that's on me. I screwed up. Good on him. Let's 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 have that be a learning experience. But he should have known that ahead of time. Because how many times have we seen lightsabers now? We know how lightsabers work. I don't know. Left-handed mug. Right-handed mug. Coming soon. We'll see. I don't know. What do you guys think about the idea of a challenge coin? Is that something that it would interest you? Because we've got an idea here. I've got a, I've got a patch design, a shoulder patch design that uh, we were looking at. Let me see if I can pull that up here really quick because get a get an opinion from all of you about what this looks like. If anybody would be interested, let me see if I can throw this. Where can I throw this? Um, over here. <laughs> All right, so I have this design for a patch. Uh, and so I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, well, you know, that might actually kind of maybe work out as a, as a challenge coin kind of design as well. Would it be worth having something like this? I mean, I see there, there have been the occasional crowdfunding project that has, that has included challenge coins, not too many of them. Um, I don't know. Would that be worth something? Maybe? I don't know. <laughs> Sci-fi stop. I don't like challenge coins because I always forget mine and have to pay for drinks. Well, coming from the future, you should know better. I would think that you'd be a little bit aware of how that was going to work, wouldn't you? Maybe. Um... So yeah, there, there's that. I just, I don't know. We're, we're just thinking about some stuff. I mean, there's bookmarks. Um, I don't know that we'll do variant covers because it's a magazine, not a comic book. Uh, we're looking at some articles, some essays, interviews. Maybe do a photo spread. Maybe do a uh, uh, a cosplayer feature. Maybe do some some fun stuff like crossword puzzles and stuff. It's it's basically we're going to use Starlog as our template. And uh, Robert asks, could we liven up the coffee cups? Well, you know, if you got a little bourbon or scotch, that might do it. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, we've got we've got. You know, if you want to send us suggestions on what we could do for, for our coffee mugs, we have um, uh, make them customizable at point of purchase. I don't know. How would you customize them? What would you do? What would you add to them? Um, oh, we deserve better. We might. Yeah, we might could bring that one back. I deserve better. Uh, what was the other one that we did? I'll, I'll go back. We have the we have those. Um I'm not going to go into the make sci-fi great again because a couple of reasons. One, there are so many people that associate that with Trump, and I don't, I don't want our site to be drawn in a box from a political standpoint. Especially since you know Trump is not going to be president forever. He's not going to be in the public eye all the time like he is now. And the other thing is that John Delarose has already done Make Science Fiction Great Again. And I've got my opinions about Delarose as well. Um, so that one is not going to be an option. Uh, the Star Wars mugs, the, the Salacious Crumbs mugs, we're going we're gonna to do that one as well. We're going to figure out, uh, we got we to tweak the design a little bit on that one. The problem with, well... The challenge with some of this is making sure 
when we do any kind of a color thing is how how far around it can go on the mug and how deep we can put the colors in. We got to bake it in. This one here took, I don't know, five or six different times to figure out uh, baking time and, and temperature and that kind of thing in order to get it really in there. It's because of the, the process of making the mug will affect what kind of designs we're able to do. We're also thinking about doing a, a larger mug. And we'll, we'll do some other stuff. We'll probably, we'll probably come up with some different things uh, that we can do. I don't know if we'll put our photos on anywhere. I mean, why would you want to, why would you want a coffee mug with my face on it? That just kind of, okay, whatever. But, uh, you know, shows, uh, some different things about what we do. We'll, we'll, we'll come up with some different designs. I've also got some ideas for some wall, wallpapers you can download. We may throw, we may throw something like that on a, on a mug, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. We're, we're kicking around some different ideas, but yeah, definitely uh, a, a, a line of mugs will be options. Maybe the challenge coin, bookmarks. I don't know what else. I, I don't know that we'll do trading cards. That doesn't really seem to make much sense for us. So we'll see. I don't know. You think, you think maybe we could do a print once we get a cover? We could do a print of the cover art and sell that. Maybe. Maybe. Mrs. Boss says maybe. We'll have to talk to the artist and see if he's up for it. Um, so that might be a possibility. So. Left and right-handed mugs. Now, the other option is that you could reverse it. And you could put the planet on the outside-facing side and the logo on this side. But then you would have these <laughs> left-handed, right-handed planet mugs. We could do one where we got the planet on one side and the rocket on the other side. That would be another possibility. We could do that. All sorts of ideas are starting to flow here. Um, we've got ideas for articles. We've got some interviews that we would like to do to put in there. So, yeah. We're just getting started, folks. Even after 12 years of doing this, we're still coming up with new ways to do it and new ways to improve. And hopefully we do continue to improve and we don't have any kind of setback. Um, to those ends, uh, you know, I get you know, every now and again we get these little things because I've got antennas so we can fix uh, some of our wireless microphone transmitters and we've got new new gear to incorporate and old gear to upgrade and and that sort of thing so if you are of a mind to support us financially uh like the science fiction book club of london you can send us a tip in the paypal tip jar or you can support support us through subscribestar and most importantly i do want you to sign up for um the newsletter uh, Sci-Fi Snob, the, the idea here for the face, my thinking has always been that the logo is the front. The logo, this, this, the logo would be the front facing. That's how I, I usually think of it oriented. Because if you're, if you're drinking, if you're drinking something like this one has the, the Texas flag on it. If I'm drinking this one, this is on the outside so people can see it. So my thinking has always been the logo is on the front face and the, and the planet's on the back. But if you want to think of it the other way around, you are more than welcome to do that. It's just, um, I know, drinking from mugs can be complicated, just like everything else. But we'll get through it. These are tough times, but we will persevere. All right, that's going to do it for us today. <sighs> if you have suggestions on things that you would like to see us put into the print magazine... Let us know. Leave us a comment or send us an email live from the bunker at sci-fi for me.com. Tomorrow on the program, we are going to have a little bit of a different lineup. Uh, we're going to start the hour with Gary Parkin. He is uh, working on a crowdfunded project right now called Jungle Captive. It's kind of along the lines of like... Uh, Sheena and Tarzan and, and that sort of thing. And then the, the rest of the hour... 
Uh, we will have interviews with a couple of actors who are part of a m new movie. And let me let me get. Um, a new movie called Psycho Gorman. Um, Psycho Gorman is a new horror picture, so we're going to have interviews with a couple of the actors tomorrow, and then the director will be on Saturday uh, during Good Morning Multiverse. So that kind of stuff is uh, is going on tomorrow. It's going to be a it's going to be an odd lineup. So we're going to talk to Gary Parkin first about Jungle Captive, and then we'll be talking about uh, Psycho Gorman. Tim Harvey will be in to help with those interviews, and uh, hopefully. The, the technology will cooperate with us and we'll be able to bring that to you. So join us for that. 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central tomorrow. I am continuing to update the podcasts as well as the BitChute account. It is going slow because their processing time is abysmally slow. Uh, but we're, we're updating over there. I'm starting to upload some stuff to Rumble. Just as an alternative, see what happens over there. I have no idea really what I'm doing on that front. Uh, it's going to be one of those learn-as-you-go things. So if anybody has any experience with Rumble, uh, I am open to advice. So that's going to do it for us here today. Thanks very much for being here, folks. If you are on replay, leave your comments below, and uh, we will be back tomorrow with more. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Copyright 2021 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.